Welcome to Shopcast, a weekly podcast where we answer questions about some of the most important values of the growing prayer movement in Canada. My name is Emily, and joining me today, as always, is Brian Creary, Director of Sanctuary House of Prayer in Winnipeg, and also my dad. Hey, Em. Morning. So, when we're recording this, it's beginning mid-November, but when it comes out, it'll be December. But Diana, a friend of ours, just moved to Montreal, and she just messaged me the other day, and they got a ton of snow, (laughs) and it uh, finally became winter for them Mm. when we've been living in winter since, like, beginning of October. (laughs) It was before Thanksgiving, we had that big storm. (laughs) Yeah. And in our house, we had no power for 30 hours while they cut down all the limbs of the trees and put the lines back up. Yeah. So we've kind of had it really early this year. Mm-hmm. But we can't complain that much because we had heat. Right. When everyone else was freezing. So. And we live in Manitoba. We're used to it. <laughs> no, we're <laughs> not. <laughs> so you've spoken lots about loving God and how it's the most important thing we can do on this earth. And Jesus said to abide in him. Now, that sounds pretty important to me. Mm-hmm. Um. How do we actually do this, and how does it connect to the activity of the prayer room? Well, let me read you the passage that we're referencing, because this idea of abiding is Jesus' language, it's not mine. Depending on your translation, it might say, remain in him, uh, or abide in him. So, it's the same, it's synonymous, but it's the, you'll get the idea. Uh, it comes from John chapter 15, I'll start in verse 5 and read you a few lines of it. It says, I am the vine, and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you may bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. And then I love this verse, verse 9. It says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. And so Jesus is teaching his disciples. The time frame here in this passage is interesting because this is happening right at the end of his ministry. And this is literally somewhere between the Last Supper, so Thursday night, and when he's arrested in the garden, or, you know, late Thursday night, early Friday morning, somewhere in that time frame. So we got a window of a few hours there. He's had the Last Supper. He's washed his his disciples' feet. They sung a hymn. Now they're on their way over to the garden where he's going to be arrested. And he teaches them John 14, 15, 16, and 17, all in that time frame. And so this is properly understood as what would Jesus want to say to his key guys, his disciples, knowing that in a few short hours, their world is about to be rocked. And they are indispensable to the future of the Christian church on the earth. I mean, there's not very many believers, and these guys are the leaders. They've got to get certain things. What is it that needs to be said? And Jesus says, listen, I'm the vine, you're the branch. You got to remain in me. You have to stay connected. And you got to stay connected like a branch is connected to the vine. And you have to stay connected in such a way that you'll bear much fruit if you stay connected. But And then this terrifying verse, apart from me, you can do nothing. And so... You know, it goes on to say, if you stay connected, ask for anything in my name and I'll do it. But if you don't stay connected, if you don't remain in me or abide in me, 
there's a disconnect that's happening. You're, you can't really do very much at all. Well, to use his language, apart from me, you can do nothing. So nothing is a pretty, pretty big word. Now, it sounds terrifying. Uh, and in the last episode, we talked about how God delights in us and likes us and loves us even in our weakness. And so we don't want to flip the switch on it completely because those things are still true. But there is an invitation that the Lord is presenting to his people. He's saying, you're my leaders. You're the future of the church. This is the way it's going to work when I'm not here remain in me. Stay as close to me as you can. Draw from me as the source of your help, of your your energy, of your life, of your knowledge and wisdom. Apart from me, if you move away from me, nothing good's going to come. You're not going to produce anything of, of quality, but if you stay with me, amazing things are going to happen. Ask me anything in my name and these things will be done for you. And so we recognize that that uh, passage speaks of the same kinds of themes he's been talking about in the last while. The Lord says, it's really about friendship with me, you know. I mean, it is about staying close to me and about drawing from me as a partner or as a a life source. So uh, you can tell me whether you've seen this in the lives of the people around you in your past, but a lot of people will try to do things for the Lord. I don't know if you've ever noticed that. A classic way that they do it is they... They either, in a big, in a large, grandiose sense, they might just go as far as even to to go off and do the missions in some foreign nation because they're somehow trying to make the Lord be impressed by what they gain and what they accomplish. That's a bit extreme, but a, a small version would be something like, well, I fasted uh, one day a week, or I fasted <laughs> for seven straight days, or I, I went on a 40-day fast. You ever met anybody like that? Uh-huh. I'm doing the big fast, man. I'm going for it. I'm going for 40 days, just just oxygen, not even water. You know, I'm going to yeah. go for it the whole way. And somehow something in there is, it's not the branch and the vine. It's not It's not remaining and abiding. There's a, there's a desire to want to attain or to earn something. And it's, it's slight. It's just a little twist. But the Lord says, no, no, I don't want that. I want, I want all those actions, but I want them all for the right reasons. And so things like fasting are powerful tools in our hands, but you got to get the right uh, heart posture in order to be able to do it. So the Lord says to us, in this house of prayer, and in any, any house of prayer, and in any church, and in any believer, it is so critical that we find him and lock in and connect it to him in a way like he describes in John 15. Find me and abide in me, rest in me, do things with me, not for me. Does that make sense? Yeah, like the outcome of that and saying like what Jesus is saying, how that's going to be beneficial and it's going to be so much greater and everything. Like that sounds awesome to me like i want that of course but why why do we when we're like in pain or in mm. our weakness or something not turn to him when jesus specifically is saying abide in me you can do nothing without me mm. and then the reward is so great but we're still like mm, no i'm okay. gonna turn to netflix <laughs> <laughs> okay well i want you you're good at this answer your own question tell me why you think we don't do that well, what's in the heart when you say, oh, Netflix seems easier? I don't know. I feel like it just like suppresses something. Like there's a deeper issue in you that's going to be painful to mm. be brought up. Mm. And just pushing it down and numbing it with something that isn't necessarily like bad for you. Mm-hmm. It's just not like beneficial to you growing. Mm-hmm. 
Like it's just easier to turn to that because mm. it's not necessarily bad mm-hmm. that you watch a movie and everything. No, but it's not good that if you if something bad happens to you that that's like your outlet for right. it. Oh yeah, no. I mean, don't don't eat your feelings. Don't mm-hmm. drown your sorrows yeah. in Netflix. I mean, these are all these are all basically the rules of life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, if you think about something like exercise, we all know that if you do enough exercise, your body benefits from it. Mm-hmm. But you have to have a vision to believe that if I do this exercise, which is painful and tiring, and I it doesn't really show any results in the short term, that somewhere down the road it's going to pay off. And the people that get it, they give themselves to it. And the people that don't get it. They don't have a vision for it. They don't participate in it. And as a result, they don't do it. It's easier to sit down and watch Netflix and eat a whole tub of ice cream, you know, drown mm-hmm. your sorrows. I mean, that doesn't produce anything good, but in the short term, it feels like you've gained something. I think the answer, just to add to what you just said, I think one of the problems is that when we see the invitation of the Lord, come and abide in me because apart from me, you can do nothing. The simple answer is we don't actually believe it. We don't really believe that. And yeah. more in, more than that, we don't really have a good, clear uh, exchange with the one who has said it. In other words, and maybe I've said this before, but I, I'm just saying this a lot these days. It feels to me like Jesus isn't real to us. I mean, he is at some level. We talk to him and we have a relationship with him, but there's a disconnect there. There's something about the one who says to you, listen, if you stay with me, If you stay connected to me, if you don't turn to those other things, but even when it's difficult, stay, go forward into me, it will produce great results in your life. But if you turn away from me, you can do nothing. We hear it and we still disconnect and we go, ah, well, maybe, you know, (laughs) maybe you're real. I don't even know if you're real. I don't even know if you like me. Mm -hmm. And all those thoughts that the enemy just loves to sow in all come crashing back in. and, And the Lord said to me a number of years ago, He said, you are letting your experience tell you who I am, and you should let my word tell you who I am. I felt uh, rebuked, Uh, (laughs) but in a good way. I mean, you know, I always like a good butt kicking now and then because I feel like, oh, that again, it's it's the evidence that the Lord loves us and he cares and he wants to keep us on track. It's more powerful. But it was definitely a rebuke. It was like, Mm. you are letting your experience, what you see happen in your life, tell you who I am. So if the delay happens, then you conclude, I don't care. And if it's difficult, you conclude that I mean and I'm I'm not kind to you. It's like letting your emotions dictate your actions. Totally. Totally. But it's worse than just emotions dictating your actions. It's your experience dictating who God is Mm -hmm. in your life. And so when you know, we've talked about this already, if your view of God is low... That's how you're going to act. You're going to act from that place. So if Jesus comes and says, listen to me, this is the most important thing I can tell you before I die and go, you must remain in me. You must stay connected to me. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If our view of Jesus is great historical teacher, kind of a superhero figure, a little bit mythological, maybe not all that real, doesn't really like me all that much today. Maybe he's not even real in some in some way. If we were really honest about it, maybe he's more of a concept than he is an actual person that's attentive. Then of course you're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Of course you're going to go. Well, that sounds hard. How do I? How do I even do this? I don't even know Jesus very well. And you know, I'm saying this and it sounds kind of radical and crazy, but I think if we all pause for a second and think about it, all of us don't know Jesus very well. Mm-hmm. That there's room to grow. And he's saying, listen, I am the one. 
come near me and allow yourself to abide in me. And we're responding in a way that says, I don't know. Yeah. Like it made me think when you were saying that the disciples, like Jesus was everything to them. Day and night. And it made me think of like that apart from me, you can do nothing is just a statement. But to them, I feel like they didn't want to do anything apart Mm. from him. Like right. him leaving was the worst thing ever. Awful. Right. Don't make I want to be this. in that space where I'm like, well, I don't want to do anything without you. Right. Exactly. Because what he, the reason why they would say that is because they saw him. Mm-hmm. He was real to them. Yeah. He, this he they walked in with him. They saw the power. They felt the power of his words and his actions. Wow. I don't want to be anywhere but you, with you. And even Peter, you know, when when uh, he says to the crowd, uh, eat my flesh, drink my blood, and yeah. they, they go, Ugh, yuck, and they all leave, yeah. he turns to them and he says, what about you guys? And Peter's response, I believe under the the inspiration of the, of the Spirit, but still the right heart response, where else would we go? You have yeah. the words of life. There's nowhere else to go. Yeah. And I think in Peter's heart, he probably thought... I don't know what you just said, and I don't know what you just did, and it's going to take me a while to figure it out, but I can't leave you. You're too compelling. Mm. Oh, that we would feel that way about Jesus. Yeah. Oof. (laughs) That makes me want to cry. Okay. Well, we're going to continue on with this discussion and more about it in our next episode. And for those listening, you can find more on this topic and others at our website, sanctuaryhop.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.